podcasting has become a global phenomenon. And as such, all over the world, people want to launch podcasts. But how do you do it? What microphone do you use? What software do you use? What's your show format? How do you launch a podcast to be able to get your message to the world? The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. I'm very excited about this episode. We have two people with me today. Uh, I've got Patrick, the podcast manager, who is no longer in the background. He is here with us live on the show. Once again in the forefront. Uh, good, good, good to be back coming out of the yes. shadows again we don't let you out often and it's for good reason uh but yeah pleasure to be here and i also have with me kim who i met at an event at the mr money mustache headquarters a couple of weekends ago kim welcome to the show thank you i'm excited to be here and you sent me an email saying i'm interested in launching a podcast can you tell me how and Alan's brain works a little bit strangely sometimes. It goes, the best way to show someone how to launch a podcast is to do a podcast about launching a podcast. <laughs> I don't know how many times I can say the word podcast in a sentence, but that was my thought. So we thought we'd do this episode and share with everyone how to launch a podcast and how to get going. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about what you want to do, Kim, what your idea is, what you want to do with it. Sure. It's uh, not fully formed yet. And I think that's why we're talking. <laughs> um, I would love to do a podcast. I've considered lots of different ideas. Um, and essentially, I'm kind of at that point in my business where I'm starting to think about how I can get my information out there a little bit more, you know, switching from doing lots of one-on-ones to wanting to like find a way to speak to a larger audience. And um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what the topic would be. Maybe I've considered maybe the idea of having people come on and do actual like uh, sessions with them. So I'm, I'm a women's empowerment and confidence coach. Um, and so I think it'd be cool to actually do some live sessions with clients which is one of my ideas but yeah here we are <laughs> here we are you're live on a podcast what better way to learn um and actually the live coaching is a very interesting idea so let's actually start there because you need to figure out a format for the show and let me give you a couple of different ideas for formats and then we can discuss them uh, you can do the guest interview, which is the stereotypical one that everyone does. You find a guest, someone famous, someone interesting, someone unknown, and you get them on the podcast. You ask them a bunch of questions. There's your content tick done. So there's the interview format. There's the monologue where it's you 
and a microphone alone in a darkened room. And you talk into the microphone and deliver your stuff. I've done one of those episodes. Uh, it's a lot more work to do the monologue episodes because you need to think through what you're going to say. You need to structure it. And when you're just talking into a microphone, it can be a bit weird. Like at least here I have bounce. I have pad pod. Like I have Patrick raising his eyebrows at me and smiling. Um <laughs> And you're smiling, and I have a little bit of bounce. But on that solo monologue one, it is just you and a microphone, and you just put it out there. So we've got interview, monologue. Um, then you can sort of do the panel format. So the panel format is maybe you have three people that you ask questions to, uh, and you sort of get a panel and you tackle a different subject each week. Um, there's lots of different examples of these. So we've got interview, monologue, panel. Then you've got sort of the the co-hosted one, where it's maybe you and a co-host. An example of that would be Choose FI with Brad and Jonathan. And sometimes they have a guest on. Sometimes it's the two of them bantering and talking about the subject of financial independence. But it's the two of them that, that does that sort of thing. Uh, and then the final one I guess I really wanted to give you was the sort of NPR edited they go out and interview a bunch of people they come back with all this audio and then structure it into a story and it's highly edited highly curated um there's the rough formats from those formats which one do you think sounds good what sounds good to you yeah i think so that was one of the questions i had for you is the idea of having guests I wonder, isn't that, I've heard it's a lot of work to find guests that you're interested in hosting and also then like get them to commit. So I was curious if that's like, how that's, how, the, how you found that, like if that's something you've encountered, what y'all think about that? Yeah, uh, at times it can definitely be painstaking. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of cold emails, there's a lot of cold calls if you want to go that extra layer and just you my best advice for that sort of aspect is to try to get ahead of it if you want to start recording a podcast in two months you want to start reaching out to people now because it's better to have those guests lined up and that content backlogged than trying to figure it out a week before you publish but it's 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 just kind of that like cold sales approach you reach out to them tell them the benefits say hey i can promote whatever you're doing i'll give you a little section of the podcast to promote yourself and where the listeners can find you uh, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a process to try to get people scheduled. And then there's the whole mess of accommodating each other's schedules, but it's just one of those things you have to, you know, put your nose down and do the work essentially. Which I have a slightly different take, which is there's the cold approach to people you don't know, which if you're going for famous people in your industry, you might well have to do. But for me, I already had a huge network of people I knew that were business owners, business creators. I had all sorts of different friends around the world and I didn't have any problems with it. I just like, I can think off the top of my head of 50 people that would be fascinating to talk to for an hour. So it does depend on the size of your network and whether you've already got those people in your network that you're going to interview. For me, I didn't have any issues whatsoever and I continue to meet three to five people a week that I'm like, you'd be great. And then I have to stop myself because I have too much content, um, too much. So I think it depends. 
on whether you're outreaching cold to people you don't know or speaking to people you do know. And a minor other bit there is you spoke about the coaching, the live sessions. I think that's super smart. Our coaching series on this blog has become very popular. Uh, It goes really well. People get a huge amount of value out of it and they very much enjoy the journey. So, I will coach someone for six months to a year on their business and we record once every two to three weeks. And then I take those episodes and we release them one a week in a condensed period. And you have a 12 episode or a 15 episode arc of someone launching a business or launching a Kickstarter or whatever it is. And they put it out there and then you only need one guest Uh, that you work with for a period of time. It's a lot longer scale, but time is going to pass anyway. So there's some thoughts. We've probably hit you with a huge amount of information immediately. Um, What are you thinking, Kim? No, it's so good. I, I think that I'm a little more introverted and the idea of interviewing people and finding people sounds terrible to me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I would want to do that. Um, well, I can offer, sorry, go, go I didn't on. Yeah, yeah, cut go. in. Uh, some advice that I could definitely offer is to uh, hire a me. <laughs> There's tons of freelance producers and honestly, if you can find anyone that'll accommodate or accommodate your budget and just let them know, hey, this is kind of a spreadsheet of people I would like to have on, would you mind reaching out to them? Yeah, totally. I mean, even that process, I think I would have to like out outsource because I don't really have the time to even like research people. So I feel like that that to me sounds like it would be so much work. And I'm actually really used to monologuing because I create a lot of course content for the programs that I run in coaching. So the idea of um, maybe not like an entire monologue monologuing series, but partially or like pulling my, I think like my husband and I have a really interesting situation and having him on for some episodes would be cool. But yeah, the coaching, I think, I think that sounds really good to me. And I don't know. I don't know where I'm going from this, but. It's definitely good to work with what you have. Uh, Like you said, you're already doing sessions uh, with people and I'm assuming there's a lot of interesting conversations that come out of that and conversations that other people could find useful. Uh, I would say the one objection I would have to that is uh, you're operating a business and this podcast is going to pair with your business. Uh, So the only drawback could be you may be offering some of your services for free at that point. Um, But that's sort of depending on what your comfort level is regarding it. Yeah. Well, I think that's the whole, that's like the key, right? Is, what I do, I don't think you really understand the value of it until you're doing it because people kind of live in this like sort of um, like you can just coast. You can be like, okay, not addressing your stuff. And until you see somebody go through a process of uncovering like their blind spots and really making progress, you don't always see the potential that you could experience in life. Um, so I think it, and I, I tend to be of the, the mentality that if I give away free information that naturally business will come back to me in like a, you know, 
tenfold or whatever fold. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> so I'm totally okay with giving away free information. And I think it would be really fun to engage with somebody in a way that could be witnessed because in, in the psychotherapy realm, which I've been part of like for 15 years, it's behind closed doors and you don't really get to see all the progress and transformation that happens, you know? Yeah. And I, I would, like I said earlier, work with what you have because uh, you're already good at that. You've been doing it for 15 years. Um, at a certain point, it's just going to become second nature to you to add a recording aspect to it. So let's just float back up to the top for a second because we've kind of got show format, which then leads to who do you want on the show? Uh, we've got the name of the show we've got the length of the show and then we've got all the technical bits of what equipment are we going to use to record and what microphone do guests use if we have them on and how do we record it how do we edit it how do we publish it all of that stuff so we've got sort of a lot across the top that we need to look at just as you were speaking about formats length of show I did a survey at the end of season one for my audience and said, how long should my show be? Tell me. Um, and I put one of the options. It was like 15 minutes, half an hour, 45 an hour. Uh, don't care as long as the content is good. And guess which one everyone went to? Don't care. Don't care as long as the content is good. No. So if you're leaning towards a monologue episode, don't be shy of doing a 10 minute episode. Don't be shy of doing a 15-minute episode. People actually really appreciate that. And I know they get scared off. Like the biggest podcast in the world uh, at the moment is the Tim Ferriss one. It's one of the biggest out there. And he does three-hour epic shows. They're ridiculous. But I get scared off listening to them because I'm like, when am I going to get three hours to do it? <laughs> and if there's a simple short episode that fixes a problem, answers a question it can be incredibly powerful. So I don't think you should force it to fit a certain time scale. So if you want to do a monologue episode where you talk and it's 12 minutes, that's it. Do that. It adds value. Move on. Don't drag it out. Uh, I think that's an incredibly important piece. Mm. And um, how do you feel about the idea of like switching between like a 12 minute episode and like a 60 minute episode? Is that okay? Uh, as long as the audience come to expect it. So in my first season, I had three types of episodes that I would work for. And I had what I called the educational episode, where it was like 10 ways to do this or five ways to build a business without debt. Uh, then I'd have a coaching episode where you live coach someone, you helped them, you did all those different bits. And then I would have a success story episode, someone who's been there, done it. Uh, built a successful business and I would always say these are the three types of episodes this is what's coming up next here's what we're doing and you'd have those different types now it's kind of morphed and I've got the Monday is a sort of 10 ways to do this or a success story and then you've got the coaching on a Thursday but I think if people know what's happening they're fine um, it's when you go oh I was really looking forward to the longer episode and I've got five minutes this is a bit naff they feel disappointed and shortchanged but if it's a really powerful 12 minute episode and they know that's coming next they'll be super excited 
So I think it's about clarity and communication rather than always doing the same thing. And I, I feel like I should emphasize uh, it is you're recording a podcast. Uh, it's not like you're doing this live and it's not like, especially since you haven't even started out yet, that there's the need for you to be putting out something every week. So you can try all these formats out if you feel comfortable or have the time to do that and figure out what works best for you and your schedule and what works best for your creative, uh, I guess, expectations. That makes A sense. mini experiment, if you will. <laughs> there it is, Alan. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and Patrick is absolutely right. You can record three, four, five episodes of different varieties and see which one you like. You could even put them out there and ask your audience to vote on which ones they want to continue to see. And you'll get lovely engagement. You get all sorts of energy from that. And yeah, like mini experiments are fun. Test and ask people what they want. So that's a great idea. I like it. <laughs> 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 so, uh, how do you feel about this at the moment? Is it sort of coming together in your mind of how you would do it? Yeah, it sounds amazing. I think like the biggest question I have about podcasts is how much time does it really take and how, ener how, how energetically draining can it be? Like I've heard some friends have started one and then quit because it feels like it just takes up too much time and energy. And I'm wondering, I mean, clearly you like it and you're doing it and it's been consistent so i'm wondering if like the team is what makes the difference or all, all of those pieces how do you make it how do you make it something that's like exciting for you i love that question um let's run through how we do an episode and i've got an example of where it did nearly kill me uh patrick i'm going to ask you to jump in for certain bits because actually we do it as a team yeah um and i think one of the things here is how much of it are you going to do yourself and how much are you going to have people working with you? And you can do it all yourself or with your husband as a team. You could edit the audio. You could learn to do that. I know you could. You could put it out. It can be as big a project as you want or you can have a team to do it with you. And let me give you an example of where it nearly wiped me out. Right at the start... I was trying to get it going. Uh, Sean McHugh was in a few of the episodes at the start. He really wanted me to record the entire Rebel Business School course, which is two weeks long, and then edit that into shows. And I kept saying to him, who's going to edit it? Because <laughs> there's two types of editor. There's the editor who will like master the audio and remove the ums and ahs and make it sound good. And then there's the editor that decides which bit goes where and structures the story. And you will pay a lot more for an editor who actually like structures the story and brings it all together and that stuff. And you'll pay less for an editor who just removes ums and ahs and masters the audio. And he kept saying, don't worry about it. It won't be you. We'll hire an editor. It won't be you. Uh, and we recorded the whole thing. And then guess who it ended up being? <laughs> Re-listening to two weeks of audio, even at double speed, is a full-time job for a week. 
Like, and I just don't think people really figure this. And there is a reason why everyone does the hour long interview model. And that's because it's easiest. You have a chat for an hour, you remove the ums and ahs, you do an ending, do a beginning, and then you publish it. Done. Yeah. There's a huge reason why. So you've got to be very careful and we need to make this sustainable for you. Otherwise, you'll do three episodes and then you'll forget about it and you won't do it. So sort of switching to what do we do for an episode? Here's how it works for me. I find someone interesting to chat to. I don't have any issues with that. They just seem to appear in my life. Um, they're everywhere. They're online. They're all over the place. I have interesting friends. Or I do a coaching series with a business and you speak to them once and you have a chat and you go, okay, like I can help you with this. And then you book another one, you book another one. I don't set it up as a coaching series. I just say, let's do a podcast like we've done now. And if it's exciting, we'll do a second one and a third one and et cetera, et cetera. So I find a guest. I set up a time to record. So we set up a date and time and I send a calendar link out like uh, make sure it goes in the calendar, the diary, as the British people would call it, so that we make sure it is on time. Everyone knows where they are. There's a piece of software we use to record called Zencaster. Um, there are lots of them out there. There's Squadcast, Riverside. There's all sorts. We use Zencaster. Um, and I like create the podcast episode. I send it out. I set it all up. And then I forget about it until we show up. Just as we did a few minutes ago, Kim, you showed up. And then then we have this like five minutes of, is my microphone working? Hello? Yes. Uh, your headphones on? I can hear myself twice. You do that for like five minutes. And then you get into it. It's quite fun. And I have a lot to say. So does Patrick. Like we have lots of questions. We have a great fun. Like the shows are really easy to do and it's about an hour. And I would say 99% of shows that I record like this, I leave with more energy than I start. There's the odd one that drains the life out of me, <laughs> but that's very rare. Um, then I finish. And I have to download the files and I send them to the editor. So I take the audio files, I send them to the editor, and then I write an episode title. I write an episode description in a spreadsheet for Patrick. So it lists all of the episodes out. Um, and I send all that off. I get a photo from the guest. So hopefully after this, you'll take a nice photo of yourself with that microphone, Kim, and we can use it as the cover art. Or if you're not comfortable doing that, then we can get a photo of a microphone or whatever it is. We can come up with some cover art. Uh, and that's sort of my job done. Uh, then it's over to Patrick and Andrew, the editor. Yeah. What happens next, Patrick? Because there's yeah. some magic that happens behind the scenes. And this is why we keep them locked up most of the time. Yeah, uh, so Andrew will edit the episode. <laughs> uh, and then from there, it sort of becomes a whole like cross-coordination thing for me. Uh, I will relay that photo that Alan had taken of the guest or the guest had taken, and I will get that to our graphic designer. And uh, in the, on this particular project, we have uh, individualized artwork for every single episode. 
So the graphic designer will create something with that photo, maybe the theme, the title. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, I'm sure you've seen some of it. From there, the editor will finish the audio and upload it in a place called Libsyn, which is a, oh, I forgot the word, it's on the tip of my tongue, uh, a hosting service. It's a hosting service, which is something that allows the podcast to uh, be distributed to all major podcasting platforms, Google, Amazon, Apple, Spotify. So we'll upload it there. I will take the title and description and throw it in there as well. Then from there, uh, we have to schedule the episode, uh, which Alan does a fantastic job of doing. He'll sort of lay everything out based on theme, and then we will put it up on the proper date. Uh, and then from there, there's upload night, which is basically just scheduling the episode on our website, uh, notifying the guest that was on, hey, your episode is out right now. Uh, and then from there, it's pretty much published usually we'll do some piece of promo at least once a month so we'll write up an email and send that out to everybody on our mailing list uh we'll make audiograms which are just sort of like the episode artwork plus a little like wave i guess like you're seeing on the bottom of your screen right now uh sorry listeners at home uh you can't see that but it'll just sort of like flicker up and down over the episode artwork and it's just a little piece of promo that we can use going forward but yeah, there's, there's a lot of moving parts that go on afterwards. Um, but thankfully, uh, our team is very on top of everything. And it's sort of a simple process. Everyone just kind of does their job and fills in where they need to fill in. Now, it can be simpler than this. <laughs> we have a lot of moving parts. I feel like Kim is looking at me like a deer in the headlights currently. Going, <laughs> Um, Kim, how do you feel? Tell us what's going on. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm I'm curious about the range because it just seems like with any business and anything you're doing within a business, you can kind of like make it as simple or complicated as you want. And you can also pay very little or you can pay a lot and you can outsource or you can do it all yourself. And so there's just a lot of options. So I'm, I guess I'm curious to hear like what the range of cost and time and what it would look like to employ a team like financially as well as like how much time does it save well you probably know this podcast is about doing all things as cheaply as possible <laughs> without spending any money um so i'll start there if i do the cheapest possible version and then patrick does the like here's roughly what the team members you would need so the cheapest possible version would be you recording something you could use a free piece of software like audacity to edit it and ideally you would have it in flow of conversation so there would be minimal editing and i know some people like for example the mad scientist brandon he just records the episode does as minimal editing as possible sticks the beginning and ending on and publishes it and he does it as simply as possible so you could use a free piece of software like audacity to do that you could use a free piece of software like Canva to design a little piece of graphic to promote it. Um, you would need a podcast hosting platform if you want it to turn up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, Libsyn is the one we use. There's lots out there. Um, but you, you could can... kind of do that and then just stick it out and do a little bit of promotion. That would be like the basic version that's as cheap as possible 
Do you pay yeah, for? I... Sorry. <laughs> do you pay? Sorry. Do you pay for the streaming services or is that free? Uh, so the hosting services, uh, you do have to pay for them to sort of touch all platforms and not have like their watermark in the bottom corner of your episode artwork. But that's like very minimal cost. Like that route that Alan just described would probably cost you about $7 a month. Okay. But would take a lot of time and energy. It would take a lot of time and energy. (laughs) Like you can minimize the time and energy by doing those interview episodes. As you get better, you'll have less ums and ahs. You'll have less to cut out. You can get a little bit smoother at it. You can definitely minimize it and make it as easy as possible. It can also be as long as you want. And I did meet one podcaster that she would invite guests on and then she would read all of their books before they came on. She would be highly prepared. She said it would take her a week to do one episode. Whereas the process for me, my part of the process with the team is the recording is an hour. My title and description is probably 15 minutes. Like the whole thing probably takes me 90 minutes an episode, roughly. Uh, But that is like the most bare bones possible version you can do. Otherwise, like, I don't think I could do the podcast. I just, I don't, there's not enough of me to go around, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's my concern too. Like, I'm a mom, I'm a business owner, I'm, my husband stays home with the kids. So like, I don't have tons of time and I want to find that like balance between having an awesome team to outsource things to and also not make it be super duper expensive. So let's go to the luxury version. If you wanted to splash the cash uh, and hire yourself a Patrick, Um, like the luxury version, Patrick rough, like who do we have in our team and who does what? Uh, So we have Andrew who does the editing. Uh, Me, I handle all the sort of production work. And I guess like the best way to describe a like a podcast producer is I do all the non-creative things so that way Alan can stay creative. So I'll handle all the back end stuff that's kind of, a, yeah, uh, that can be a bit of an issue and a bit draining. And then Liz is our graphic designer who will uh, publish or uh, create all the episode artwork and get that to me. And then we also have uh, Andrea who sort of designs the site uh, and sort of has that groundwork with the network that we're a part of, um, allowing us to sort of use promotional softwares, et cetera. And you can, like, there's everywhere in between. So there's like the luxury version where you have a team of three that helps you. And then there's a version where you just have someone like Patrick who can edit audio and produce and do both. Um, and then you don't even do the graphics design. You just have one logo for all of the show art and just do your social media promotion. So you can kind of find your place on that scale of where you want to be. And I guess for everyone listening to this as well, like it's pretty much like buying a car. You can spend as much or as little as you want. Like You can go all the way up to the Lamborghini that has all the speed and all the bells and whistles, and you can go all the way down to a push bike. And you can have everything in between. And it's kind of up to you what you want to do. Um, I don't think I would have, well, I know this, I would not have done this podcast without Choose FI, the team, Patrick behind me. 
I just, it's a huge project to create something like this with two episodes a week. Um, so I would not have done it. I'm a bit like you, Kim. I just would not have done it without them. This would not exist if it wasn't for Brad and Jonathan and Ed from Choose FI. And also, I kind of want to tack in. I think we made that like post-production process sound a little more daunting than it actually is. Um, a lot, like a big bulk of my work comes from uh, Alan. Just sort of like he'll have an idea and he'll send a message my way, and he'll be like, "Do you think we can do this?" And then I'll be like, "Let me find out." So yeah, that post-production stuff as like daunting and large as it may seem that's really like at most between everybody a five to ten hour effort a week for two episodes or for one uh probably for one episode for two episodes i'd say like collectively as a team we probably spent about 20 to 25 hours making it happen those are the numbers i needed to know thank you (laughs) that's a lot like i don't have five or ten hours in my week to to do that kind of stuff yeah but also bear in mind we're, we're doing a like a like like alan said it's the luxury option there's a lot of steps going into place there is the simple option which you do a coaching episode you record it once a week it gets simply edited and you put it out there is the simple version but i guess how does that match with what you're doing and what's the only real way to know if you're going to enjoy the process kim to give it a shot do a mini experiment (laughs) that's it that's the only way to know is to do a mini experiment because i feel energized after the episodes like talking to you now and chatting it through lights my life up i do feel like we've left you a little bit like i don't know if i want to do this but hopefully we'll get to a positive space by the end of the episode but it gives me huge energy and there was one particular day we used a piece of software to book in uh, podcast appointments with me. Um, what was the software called, Patrick? Cal- Calendly. Calendly. Um, so I put my availability in. I put I was free for a whole day. And then six people booked in without a single break in between. So I had six 75-minute slots booked in for that day. And... I remember looking at it going, I've made a mistake, but I did it. And I was buzzing afterwards. I recorded six episodes in a day. I felt great afterwards. I slept well. Don't get me wrong. Um, So I think it just depends a lot on whether this stuff lights you up. Because if recording episodes lights you up, you're going to find it easy. If it takes the energy out of you, it's going to take you away from your existing business and it's going to cause you problems. Do you find that there's like a, I hate to use like businessy stuffy terms, but return of interest, like, or investment rather, do you find that like that doing a podcast actually creates more attraction for your business or I don't, yeah. Do you think it's like a helpful business marketing tool? Yeah, so I think this actually is really interesting. The question is, what are you trying to achieve by doing the podcast? Are you looking to make it its own thing to make money out of sponsorship advertising? Are you using it as the top of the funnel marketing to bring people into your service, to get people excited about what you're doing? 
the question is, what are we going to do with it? For me, I started this podcast when I hit financial independence. So I didn't, I don't make any money out of doing this podcast. If you're listening now, like, I hope you enjoy it. Like I give my time away. We don't make any money out of doing it, but it brings people to our courses. It helps people know what we're doing. And my whole mission has been to change the way entrepreneurship is taught, to help people build businesses, to make money, to have fun. That's what drives me. But I don't need to make a profit. Uh, But it does get the message out there and create unbelievable opportunities. So what do you want to achieve, Kim? What do you want the podcast to do for you? And if any of you are listening to this, thinking about launching a podcast, that's the question. What do you hope the podcast will do for you? What's the goal, the mission? Yeah, I'm not to the point of uh, financial independence yet. So (laughs) (laughs) I think that unfortunately, some of my motivations are a little bit more selfish. Um, But that's good. That's great. Like (laughs) You're adding value to the world and you should be rewarded for it. There is nothing wrong with making money. Making money is a good thing because, like, if you were making money, you would be doing good in the world. So, like, have no fear over that. That's fine. <laughs> uh, we applaud it. You're on an entrepreneur show. Yes, make money. Let's Yay. get excited about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, it is. I do see kind of that, like, tipping point, though. I can feel it coming where you, like, you can start to feel the idea of doing something without an agenda whatsoever, like, the difference. Um, so I do feel like it's I'm getting there, but I'm not there yet. And so part of it is creating the income that I need to sustain myself and my family. And so building my business to get to that place of financial freedom faster would be cool. Um, and so some of it is is for sure like creating a easier funnel, also you know, helping the world and getting my information out there. There are so many things that I feel like it would be really cool if it was just common knowledge, if people understood how to like regulate their nervous system. It seems like a really simple thing to me that everybody should just know. And it's not easily accessible or as easily accessible as it could be. Um, So I think it's a combination of motivations, but at this point in my business, I am, you know, I do a lot, I've been doing a lot of one-to-ones and I'm ready to get to the next step where I'm stepping back from that and able to create, get my information out there to more people, more quickly, more easily. So do you want the podcast to make money by its own right, or do you want it to drive traffic customers to your existing business? So this, the option A has never been something I've even considered as a possibility, to be honest, because coming from the world of psychotherapy, that would be unethical and I'm, you know, would potentially lose my license if I did things like that. So, uh, but moving into the coaching realm, go on. Yeah. You've lost me with how would this lose your license? There's a, there's just a lot of there's a, there's an ethical code code that you have to follow as a psychotherapist. And there's, you know, there's regulations and rules around, um, privacy, um, confidentiality, 
um, as well as marketing. And I don't know that it would be okay. Not, I mean, it's irrelevant because I'm not even working as a psychotherapist anymore, but I don't think that like having affiliate relationships would be deemed ethically okay within the psychotherapy realm because you wouldn't be doing it um, strictly for the client's benefit. But there are many different ways to make money on a podcast. It doesn't have to be an affiliate link. It could be sponsorship. You could be selling your own events or your products. There's a million different ways to make money from a podcast. Nearly all of them rely on you having a reasonable size audience and they do not happen immediately. But there are many different ways. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally interested. I've never really learned about any of those avenues for creating more traction or income. So it's all new to me. Well, I can give you one right now off the top of my head that I think would be perfect for you. Uh, there's a site called Patreon where fans of your content, even if you're not someone who can generate like content that is specifically catering to advertisers, if people are finding what you're doing helpful or it's bringing them some form of joy or entertainment throughout their day, uh, they can pledge like a dollar a month or something like that. If you get enough of those pledges, you could make a significantly decent income based on what your Patreon donations are. It's sort of like the fans are funding you so that way you can keep providing them with the content that they want to see. So it's kind of like similar to the idea of like a nonprofit, like you're getting funded to do something good for the world. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's one way to do it. And I'm actually going to do a a slight plug for an older episode Uh, We did an episode that was 11 ways to monetize your platform. Uh, It was season three of the coaching season with Andrew Alinda came out on the 19th of August 2021. Uh, That is a great episode and it's got 11 different ways. He had a YouTube channel, but the principles are the same, whether you've got a blog, a YouTube channel, a podcast. Uh, So we've got 11 ways to monetize the channel there. Um, Moving on to the second way, because it sounds like that's what you were actually thinking about, is it would spread awareness of your business and bring customers in to your existing business. I actually think that's probably a quicker way to be able to get going, make money, build trust than building up the platform first, because monetizing a platform relies on you having a bigger audience like you ca- there are ways to monetize with smaller audiences of a thousand or two thousand, but you've still got to get there. You've still got to launch your podcast and get there. Whereas putting it out there to bring customers to your existing business is probably a quicker and easier way to get going. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to do a combination of all of that, but for sure my big vision is to be able to um, employ other coaches to keep you know, creating more opportunities for people to gain from this kind of work. And then if you see the podcast as a marketing tool, I think that can work really well for you and you can deliver your episode. Like the easiest format from what I'm hearing is I would do two things. I would do uh, the monologue episode and the coaching episode. And then at the end of every episode, I would do a small, here's what we do at our business. If you want to come to us, find us on this website or fill out the form for a free uh, half an hour chat about what is you want to achieve. Well, however you do that, the transition between the two. But I feel like that's a nice 
easy, simple way to get going. Yeah, that's exactly what was happening in my head too. (laughs) (laughs) No, for real. That's really what I was thinking. After talking, that feels like an awesome structure. And I I will like to chime in here. Uh, That sense of community you get from sort of having that be uh, your goal uh, with your podcast is phenomenal. Like some of the most rewarding work I've ever done has been with Alan, where we'll have, you know, for example, we're having people take over and interview Alan on episodes. And like the fact that he said six people plugged in the second we made those hours available and just filled his entire day. Like, I think that's the coolest thing ever that six people were willing to just sit down with Alan and pick his brain for an hour. And it is a lot of fun doing the podcast. Like you never know who you meet through this stuff, where it goes. It is unbelievable who you will meet and what will happen. And if you get it out there and you promote it, the one caveat to all of this is, you know, the expression, if you build it, they will come. Have you heard that one? <laughs> yes. It's Field of Dreams, Pop- right? Yes. <laughs> Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. <laughs> or if you're slightly geekier like me, it's Wayne's World. Uh, Wayne's World was there with Which If You Build It, They Will Come. <laughs> uh, definitely Kevin Costner. But it's the biggest lie out there. The movies are lying to us. If you build it, no one will come unless you promote it. There's zero point putting out a podcast and just leaving it on the platforms, hoping that it will be found. Hope is a dreadful business strategy. So there must be some promotion. Like if you've already got a mailing list for your existing business, you can share it with to build community. If you've got some social channels, if you are a member of a certain group, like you're still going to have to promote it. Because, But it's an easy way in to build trust. And I think the power of this is people get to connect with you, Kim, for however long the episode is, 20, 30 minutes, which is a long form. They get to hear your voice, hear your words, connect with you. It builds trust at a different level compared to like a flyer that you post out there or a short video on social media or a picture. And it can be a fantastic tool for building the trust you need with people to get them to work with you as that confidence or empowerment coach. That's super helpful to hear, to understand. I think that's, yeah, like understanding the motivation and what would actually come out of putting in the effort to create a podcast aside from just, you know, being a good human and like giving back to the world, which is cool. (laughs) Like, that's great. (laughs) It's cool. It doesn't pay the mortgage. But I feel like we should also mention, like you said it was like I have my own selfish reasons for doing it. It's still not inherently selfish if you're putting out helpful content for people that is free for them to consume. I see it yeah. as a win-win. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I I, see that too. And I think like it's just um, something you have to remind yourself. Like I have to remind myself at least when I'm like making money on, on something that it's 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 like a good thing, not a bad thing to make money and create freedom for yourself because that creates more freedom for you to give back to the world. It's just an old, shitty way of thinking. Well, I think a lot of us have that programming that it's weird asking for money, it's weird selling stuff, and like we should be just doing good. But not all of us can be Mother Teresa. Like you have mortgages, you have kids, you have life. 
you've got to earn money to be able to live. And there does become a point where you have enough and then you can switch to going, I just want to do good. But until that point, like I still need to earn money. The like podcast still needs to earn money to pay Patrick and to pay Andrew. And we've got the whole team. I have to charge for Rebel Business School because there is a whole group of people that delivers it. And I cannot do good in the world without money. Like it takes me money and resources to be able to create change and do good. So my personal opinion is earn as much as you can so that you can do good with it and have fun and create amazing content. There is nothing wrong with making money. It's actually the easiest way to create change in the world is to make a lot of cash and do good with it. Agreed. <laughs> I agree. I feel like that's a great episode. Go and earn money and do good. <laughs> Leave us now. Uh, <laughs> Before we, if we're gonna wrap up the episode, no, we're not. There's more to do. But wait, like, I have a, I have a question about promotion, promoting too, because you had said like promotion. Can I ask about that? No. Like, <laughs> what, <laughs> please. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll answer on his behalf. Yes, absolutely. Ask us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a really good point because I feel like a lot of business owners and myself included, like promotion is not something that happens I feel like the beginning stages of a business and in the same way and as you're like growing it's I mean it's it's a newer sounds silly but like a newer concept to me um the idea of having somebody help me promote so what does that mean for a podcast how do you promote a podcast well let me give you three instant ideas and then like because we could start now with a hundred ways to promote your podcast. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of them, but let me give you three interesting ones. Uh, the first one, based on the coaching series with Andrew Alinda, he's a calisthenics coach, so he does fitness. And what he does is he goes into the Facebook groups about fitness. And in those Facebook groups, people are asking questions. How do I do an LSIT? How do I do this? What's your biggest problem with this? Which protein powder should I do? And what he does is he replies going, here's my thoughts and here's a video I created to answer that question. And he has found that incredibly valuable way of connecting with people and offering value. So if you've got a, a confidence group and an empowerment group and people are asking, how do I deal with imposter syndrome? Or how do I feel confident approaching someone or whatever it is? And you go, oh, I'd love to help you. I created an episode just exactly to fix this problem. Here it is. Well, that's an incredibly powerful way to engage people. Um, so number one, I would say answering questions wherever they're coming from. You find them on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, you'll find them everywhere. There are groups where that's happening. Number two, it's about pushing out there. So the broadcast promotion. So it's on your social media channels. It's reaching out to different people. It's like the push promotion and sending it out there. Uh, those are my first two that I think will help. My third, Patrick and I did an episode of this podcast where we did a mini experiment uh, where we hired a bunch of people to promote it and then compared the figures of the people we hired versus he and I promoting it. Um, Patrick, would you like to tell us your experience of being forced to promote my podcast? 
didn't go according to plan. <laughs> I know that much. Uh, I was accused of selling a pyramid scheme on some of the online uh, platforms I reached out to. Um, but it wasn't horrible. Like we did end up doing better than most of the people we actually all of the people we hired mm-hmm. uh, in terms of view count uh, for the episodes. So it was it, I would say the lesson learned from that for me was to just be creative and try. I mean, it, like it can't hurt to try. Like I have the funny joke that people think I'm selling a pyramid scheme. That's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is one of our podcasts got an additional 200 listens and it was three months old. So there's, there's really no shame in just kind of rolling up your sleeves and doing it yourself. It can be very useful. Which then kind of brings me to the third idea, which is build a list. So the most valuable asset in any business is your list of potential customers. So promote the podcast, get people to sign up to your mailing list, You mailing list on your blog. MailChimp allows you to have a list up to 2,000 people. Do you have a mailing list, Kim? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a MailChimp. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can reach out to those people and send them an email and go, here's the latest episode. Here's the latest content. You can engage with them and say, what else do you want me to create? But that list is the way you're going to get to people and if you're adding value, that then will lead back to them becoming customers. And it's actually easier to reach out with value than it is to reach out with buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. It's a lot softer approach to be able to go, here is my latest podcast. If you're interested in coaching, contact me here. It's a lot easier to do. But the list is so valuable. Yeah. How does that make you feel with some ideas about the promotion and what do you think, Kim? Good. I was also curious because I think you mentioned um, that Patrick helps with promotions. Maybe I misheard that, but is that part of the like the work that you do? I uh, Yeah, I structure the emails. Uh, Alan typically writes the bulk of it uh, and he does a fantastic job doing so. Um, but I'll, you know, include all the links to where you can find whatever we're looking for. I can also throw, or I also throw in like the image artwork or whatever relevant links are necessary to whatever project we're trying to tackle with that mailing list. Got it. Yeah. That's something I can do for sure. And like Alan said, it's extremely useful and it kind of helps you connect to your audience in a way that you wouldn't typically be able to do just recording a standard podcast. Got it. <laughs> that sounds lovely. <laughs> so Kim, based on our conversation today, are you going to run screaming from the hills and never run a podcast or are you going to do a mini experiment? What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd love to do a, a mini experiment, but I think part of the experiment would have to be having a team because I don't think I could accomplish it on my own for sure I mean I I could but I don't have the time to do so can you can you make John your husband do it can you like put him to work <laughs> he doesn't really like being forced to do things but I could ask him if he was you could ask him do you fancy learning podcast editing do you want to have a go he's had a lot of these a lot of these questions over the last year i'm like how do you feel about just being a stay-at-home dad and not working this year like 
how do you feel about just like handling our finances or maybe like real estate investments or something instead of mm, traditional jobs? No, well, I think I think you'd be interested. He was interested in the idea of being on the podcast, so I think he would be excited to take part ah. for sure. Yeah, that's cool. And um, also, sorry, I'd like to throw this out, uh, Kim. Like, it's been great having you on. I really hope you do create this podcast. And if you ever have any questions about like technical aspects or anything feel free to use me as an email or like a resource just shoot me an email and i'll do whatever i can to help out thank you yeah i definitely will i um absolutely want to learn more details about what you know what a team can do and the different costs and possibilities because it's it's definitely something i'm interested in just a matter of when to start this and creating the space and time to do it yeah yeah. So what are your next steps, Kim? What are you going to plan to do? Uh, yeah. Uh, next steps. I will probably chat with Patrick and see what what support I could get and um, put a little um, inquiry out into the world to see if somebody would be interested in being coached live. And give it a go. I love that. That's fantastic. Next steps. I feel like that's actually actionable and might actually lead to the first episode. Yeah, totally. I, I think that sounds amazing. I definitely want to try it. There is a whole bunch more to think through as you do this. It's going to be an interesting journey. Hopefully this has given enough to get going. Um, if you're listening to this, building a podcast can be an incredible way to build an audience, to connect with people, to share your message with the world. It is not a short term way to make money. It is not something that you put out there and think I'm going to release five episodes and I'll make 10 grand this month. That is not how this particular platform works. You need to release it, build your audience, work over time. But the rewards can be huge on this particular platform. If you want to launch a podcast, you can do it all yourself. You can record the episodes. You can do it free with a piece of software called Audacity. You could edit it yourself. You can release it yourself. You might need to use something like Libsyn, which will cost you a few dollars a month to be able to host it. But there is a low cost version. There's also you can spend as much as you want to on this. My advice, as always, is do a mini experiment record five episodes, promote it, put it out into the world, see what reaction you get, see if people engage, and then decide if you want to go further and go all in. You look like you had something to say, Patrick. Uh, I, well, I, you've kind of covered it all. I agree with you. <laughs> That's my whole thought process. And yet... Also, to anybody out there who's interested in starting a podcast, there are tons of people like me out there who are willing to just help you get going. Uh, like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, charge anybody if they email me asking a question about how to create a podcast. I just like seeing people express themselves creatively. So 
feel free to reach out to people because people do like to help. Patrick, if anyone's listening to this and wants to launch podcast, if they need a podcast manager, how do they find you? Uh, at Patrick W. Maroney at gmail.com. That's the best place to reach me. Uh, I don't want to direct them to like my contracting profile. If you have like a general question about podcasting, I don't want to charge you any money to help you get going. Uh, this is what Patrick does for a living though. So if you actually want to hire him, like he's happy to answer questions. Don't inundate him. If you want to hire him, do hire him. He is lovely, uh, but not too much because I need him to do my work. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Kim, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to find out more about your women's empowerment and confidence coaching, where do they go to find out about you? Yeah. Um, thank you. I mean, thanks for having me. This is amazing. Um, I, my website is kimnasal.com and I have a awesome Instagram account where I share a lot of free info, um, which is the confidence and wealth coach. The confidence and wealth coach. I love it. So check that out on Instagram. You will find Kim there. Thank you for listening to the rebel entrepreneur. Go out there start a podcast, make some money, have some fun and change the world. It's your actions that will make it happen. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.